It's the Columbia Check-In with Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evans on the Liz Callaway Show with Nick Summers on Talk 94.5. I apologize. My 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 co-host controls all the buttons. Lieutenant Governor <laughs> Pamela Evans. How well, are you? Happy birthday. Good. Happy birthday to you. And again, just like I said with Max Bantron last week, my present to you is I will not sing you happy birthday, but no, I'm wishing you a very big happy birthday. And Nick. Let me tell you, yes. first of all, I'm very impressed you even know who Donny Osmond is, <laughs> but a little disappointed that we didn't hear Gene Simmons telling Liz happy birthday this morning. I, I, I couldn't. He was Good the most point. expensive one. I could not afford him. <laughs> the other ones I could, you know, you drop like a hundred bucks. You have these people say happy birthday. They send you a video. Gene is like a million. I can't afford it. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. That's awesome. The governor. The governor knows him. The governor could have had him yeah. probably do that. Hold on a Have minute. To- Just wait. Lieutenant Governor, you keep telling me he's this KISS fan. He plays guitar being the governor. And where's my phone call? I'm going to work on that. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to work on that. You know, I, I I try to remember all these things and I when I get off the air and then life happens. But I am going to work on that. All right. We'll hold you to it. Oh, my God. You know, I was reading the news yesterday. Something popped up on my feed um, and from Michigan. And I said, thank God I live in South Carolina. Did you see what Governor Whitmer, or we call her whack, whack job, um, did? I mean, she did several line uh, vetoes on the budget, on the on the state budget. And she took away monies for pregnancy centers, adoption services, and even, um, you know, there was um, she wanted people wanted to ban abortion fetus research. And she she, you know, she supports that. So what what do you think about, uh, you know, like would that ever fly in South Carolina? I mean, could you imagine? Well, no, that would never fly in South Carolina. First off, we have the most amazing pregnancy centers and yeah. everybody that is running one of our pregnancy centers and you have coastline right next Mm -hmm. to you guys. And I mean, they're all doing it from the heart. And I think if, 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 if in in a weird twilight kind of way that would ever happen here, none of those people would back down. And the people of South Carolina are so good and giving and feel so passionate about protecting life that it would fill in the gap. And so shame on, you know, governor Whitmer for doing that. I, I am actually here at NLGA in Chicago um, and that that is a group that, you know, it, it does its best to be nonpartisan. And so there's both, about, you know, Republican and Democrat lieutenant governors. And, you know, I was really happy yesterday to share, you know, our initiative. And I'm going to be in um, Myrtle Beach uh, at Myrtle Waves on Monday, um, pushing my initiative, SC Future Workforce, making sure that parents feel empowered and understand how important it is to get their kids working again. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I shared that initiative here and it was, it was funny. It sounds very simplistic, doesn't it? And I think the solution for most problems are very simplistic, but it, it, from both sides of the aisle, I was shocked at a very warm response, probably died a little bit when I started talking about school choice and how I believe parents need to be involved in their children's education. So, um, but it, it, it is, amazing how different we think. And I think when you sit in a room with the other side of the aisle and their thoughts, it's it's really hard. I mean, it just brings it to light just how far apart we are on issues, mm-hmm. right? Like where they think we are and where we think we are. And it's, so I, I literally had somebody, 
I overheard a conversation yesterday where somebody had said, you know, <laughs> I, I'm getting to the point where people in my state don't want to vote at all because the Republicans are so crazy and Democrats aren't going far enough. And, and I literally almost fell over like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, how much further can they go? Right. It's like you talked about now we're cutting off money for pregnancy centers. Like we're in what, in what normal mindset can you think that that's a good thing? Yeah. That is Actually, that's, that's one of the things I, I was thinking about. And uh, I was talking about this earlier that with Roe v. Wade, when that got overturned, I thought, I don't think this is going to be a good thing. And I know that sounds crazy, but I felt like they were, they were going to go off the deep end with what they want, you know, but I said, but you know what? They're already asking to abort babies, not only up to the moment of birth, but perinatal after birth. Um, they didn't want to, you know, whether it's seven days or a month after birth. And, and it was like really getting crazy in California. And so I said, what's going to happen when Roe v. Wade gets overturned? And I know in the long term, it'll be for the good. But there are so many extremes happening now. And these revenge things are happening. And that's what Governor Whitmer is engaged in. You know, she wants the aborted fetuses uh, research being done. She wants more abortions. They, you know, they want to help people get abortions, make it easier. Um, and, and she's getting rid of these evil pregnancy centers that are tricking people out of getting abortions. It's the most ridiculous thing. <laughs> Meanwhile, that they're projecting because they trick people into getting abortions because they won't do the sonogram in front of the so the mother can see it. They're the ones tricking. Well, I, I agree, because when you, uh, you know, when you talk to, uh, you know, uh, the, the nurses at our pregnancy centers, they are the they are the people obviously closest to the patient. And they will tell you over and over again that when a mother sees a baby in her womb, she she has like an I think it's in the 80s, like the high 80s percent chance of changing her mind. Mm hmm. But when a when a when a father sees a baby in his whether it's his girlfriend or his wife, you know, in utero, they have a nine. It was I think it was ninety two percent chance of changing their mind. Wow! And so I mean, it shows you that we have created a culture where we don't think that this is really what it is, right? So. Seeing is believing, you know, all these old adages, you know, pictures worth a thousand words. That's what the sonogram does. It, it makes, it brings the reality to life that what this, this horrible lie that has been told for years and years, that this is really a baby, this isn't really a viable human, that it's just a clump of cells, you know? Like, so in your mind, if you've been sold this your whole life, a clump of cells, you think it's just this big mm -hmm. amoeba. And, but then when you see that it has a head, and a spine, and fingers and toes, and it right. has a little heart that's beating. It's it, it, it has to shock you into reality because I know it did me. And when when I saw when I was pregnant with my daughter, you know, the first time. And back then, it wasn't like three D like it is now. Mm -hmm. You know, you it's amazing. Kind of look like a little evil demon. You're thinking, oh my gosh, but you still loved it. But if you look at the picture and you're trying to say, <laughs> is that a head? Is that a now, when I was when I had Jackson, you have 3D ultrasounds. You see their cheeks, and you see them sucking their thumb and their mm -hmm. lips and their nose. I, I, that tells everybody we've been told a lie. 
Yeah. We've been told a lie by Planned Parenthood. The media has been complicit in it because they never called it out. Um, and now you have to make this very real decision that, you know, I can't, this is a human being and I can't do that. Right. So I think they just want to win at all costs. Yeah. And, and the costs are people, innocent lives, and really the mothers that now have to face, mm-hmm. you know, as, as they come out of their crisis situation, now they have to face the fact that they have taken the life of their own child. And, and you hear over and over again that nobody is talking about, like, I understand the religious aspect and, and from a religious standpoint, mm-hmm. but there's so much more than just, yeah. this is wrong from a religious standpoint. Right. This I is agree. wrong from a mental health standpoint. Mm-hmm. Women who have had, um, you know, we have great places like Rachel's Vineyard um, that, you know, there's women who come out 40 years after the fact mm-hmm. and say, I've been depressed my whole life. Yeah. And I can't come to grips with the fact I did this. But nobody's talking about that. Right. Mm-hmm. There, Not, yeah. I mean, they're that. trying to talk about it. I mean, uh, Jeannie uh, Smith from next uh, door here, Coastal Coastline Women's Center, said she was um, carrying a sign about healing from abortion, you know, that there are, you know, that there are mothers that have survived, you know, that are, you know, that regret their abortions. And that's a whole nother group of people that are anti-abortion. And she was um, she was told to, like, quiet down. And she was in the March for Life. She's like, well, wait a minute. We're a whole nother group here. You know, we have something to say um, and that yeah. there's healing from abortion because that's a lot of what those pregnancy centers do. And they'll tell you that. And I just wanted to say one more thing before we go on the next topic. I saw a post from Jeannie and Carter Smith last night um, giving an update. It said the specially called committee in the South Carolina House of Representatives met Tuesday and passed its draft legislation nine to three uh, following the overturning of Roe v. Wade. She said Chairman John McCravey introduced the draft legislation, uh, which includes no exceptions for rape or incest, life of the mother exception uh, that that exists, and mother would not be criminalized, but the doctors would. So this ad hoc committee um, is now sending the legislation to the House Judiciary Committee. Has the governor said he would sign a bill that would have no exceptions for rape or incest, only an exception for the life of the mother? You know, he he has not come out because... He never knows what's going to get on his, his desk and how it's going to be written. Um, so I think he's letting the, the committee and the House and the Senate come together. Because remember, this is this is a committee, um, and, and, and it's got to go to the full House, mm-hmm. right? And they'll vote on yeah. it, and that'll make a complexion change, and then that will go over to the Senate, and you know that will make the look and feel of it change. So I think the governor's kind of weighing in. Um, he'll weigh in once he sees what's you know what's put on his desk but i believe i believe that we're going to do the right thing in south carolina i think we're already doing the right Mm -hmm. thing you know the heartbeat bill is the law of the land and you know look at all the lives we've saved that became became law and i said and thank you to our pregnancy centers and the people that support them because they couldn't do what they do without their support absolutely we have amazing ones so um you know thank you for all all their support and for our free clinics you know we, we talk about our pregnancy centers, but what most people don't know, Liz, is all the free clinics we have through our state. I, I know I've told you this before. I try to make a point if I'm in a, if I'm visiting a business or a school or, or there's an event going on in a city that has a free clinic, um, I, I try to stop and, and try to bring awareness 
these aren't just for people who have no insurance. These are for people who are underinsured also. Mm-hmm. And these are the same doctors that people with insurance are seeing. They're volunteering their time there. They have pharmacies there. They make sure that you get the meds you need. They Where are do doing... people find those clinics? How do you find well, them? So you can go online and, and, and look up South Carolina Free Clinic. There's a free clinic association. Um, I'll get you all the info so you can put it on your website because, you know, as gas prices go up, as, as prices mm-hmm. of food go up, our, our, our store shelves are, again, going back to, you know, I never thought in my lifetime we would not have baby formula to give the citizens of our country, yeah. right? Like, that to me just blows my mind. But um, they do such a great job. I mean, and they, they take you, like I said, not just if you have no insurance. If you're underinsured and the quality of care is amazing, the fact that they have a pharmacy there and they get pharmaceutical companies to actually donate medications so that they can give those to their um, patients that come in. I mean, we do so much. When you hear like, oh, all we care about is babies in the womb, we don't care about after, that is such a lie Mm. because we have so many resources to make sure we're keeping people healthy and safe. We just have to get the word out. Well, I'm going to post that website, scfreeclinics.org, on our page. Now that it, now that you told me the name of it, I found it. And uh, everyone can go to our Talk 94.5 page for more information. But, Lieutenant Governor, I have Max, the intern here. He has a question for you. Yeah, sure. good, good Hi, morning. Man. Good morning. So uh, I, I wanted to ask, you brought up earlier about your initiative of kind of encouraging parents to you know, get their kids to get in the workforce and, and, and be more involved in that aspect. And I saw, you know, I, at your meeting with the NLGA, um, you know, one of the main focus was workforce uh, shortages here in South Carolina and the new uh, scholarships that were created for this. So I just wanted to know more specifically what kind of segments of the workforce um, are, are, are most kind of vacant and, and can use people to to kind of fill those spots and, and how are people awarded these scholarships? Uh, how are those delegated? So they're through our technical colleges and we, you know, they kind of went through, worked with um, commerce and the chambers to find out who is most hard hit. Like where do we have the most shortages? So we know it's in advanced manufacturing, in nursing, in trades, in welding, in hospitality. And so if you, if you, if you go to one of our technical colleges and you, that's going to be one of your disciplines, there are those workforce scholarships there for you. They will, I mean, pretty much based on your income and the fact that you, you would have no other means of paying for it, um, they will award you a scholarship. And you can go for two years as long as it's in a field that, that we are in short supply of workers in because that's what we're trying to do. These are good paying jobs. I mean, is there these a website for that or something for that? Well, so, um, so if you go, if you reach out to the technical college near okay. you, they have all the information and understand the program. The governor was very supportive of that. He started that initially um, when we had money that came in from the federal government to use it wisely to make decisions that would impact businesses in a positive manner, you know, into the future. But, you know, as the governor is doing that, you know, I started to talk with Dew and it's like, how do we fig- how do we fill now these entry level positions? Because what we want to do is upskill our entire workforce. Um, you know, it was told to me that 
in South Carolina, we are only, with secondary education and certification, we're only at 42% in our state. With the amount of advanced technology jobs that are available for for people, for you know, and these again are these are not low paying jobs. <laughs> Which I don't know where there's a low paying job anymore, Liz. I mean, you yeah. tell me you own a business too, yeah. right? Like nobody's right. paying seven dollars an hour. You no. can't get anybody. But these are really good paying jobs. And um, what are we going to do? Like, how are we going to backfill in the entry level? And then, you know, just from being a mom. Not from anything else, and just over the years, seeing the fact that most of my kids' friends don't work. And and that, to me, was an eye-opener, because when I was in high school, we all worked. Mm -hmm. And and it gave you the life lessons that you need. Yeah, absolutely. And you can't learn it in the classroom. You know, when I've said this over and over, if your listeners hear me talk or speak out in public, you know, businesses come to us and say, hey, can, can you teach soft skills in the classroom? And and then parents will come and say, hey, can you teach fiscal responsibility in the classroom? I don't think kids understand it. And in my in my soul, really, I, I can tell you, you can't learn soft skills in a classroom. It's like drama class, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can role play anything you want, but there's no real uh, consequences for <laughs> showing up late or not yeah. calling and telling your boss when you're sick. There's, there's no real consequences. Mm-hmm. And you can't, how do you teach fiscal responsibility to somebody who's never had a paycheck? Or a bank because account. They don't, they, I, I mean, yeah. we hired three 15-year-olds. They had, you know, some of them didn't have a bank account. They had to go and get that, um, you know, learn how to clock in, clock out. I mean, it's taking extra time on our behalf, but, you know, it's kind of like our con- contribution to society um, is helping these um, kids become employees, you know. And, you know, and I say, I'm, it's like, there's no crying in bagel stores, you know, because they get upset when something happens. And I'm like, you don't get upset. You just fix it. Fix it, solve the problem, move it on. And and that's what creates confidence. So on Monday, Max, I'm going to be at Myrtle Ways. Mm -hmm. And um, we've been picking a a different place, places all around the state that normally hires high school kids and talk to the kids. And every place that I have been, the, the high schoolers that are working and talking to me, the number one thing they've gained from working, they say, what do you think you've gained? Okay, let's put money aside. We know that's a positive. All of them have said confidence. <laughs> and isn't that what we want for our kids? Absolutely. We, yeah. We want them to be confident. We want them to know that when they get out in the work world, that they can conquer the world. But, but it's not always easy, right? You're mm-hmm. going to meet people that aren't kind because they're having a bad day. You've got to learn to deal with that. And, and you, you, you have to know that sometimes, right, you're going to burn a bagel, yeah. but nobody's <laughs> dying because of that. And, and yeah, you might say, hey, listen, this is the fifth bagel you burned today. Oh, we got to refigure listen, this out, right? You're not going to get to five. Trust me. <laughs> no, no, half the problem is, no, half the problem is, there. what's a bagel? <laughs> That's not true. The bagel burned itself, right? Uh, exactly. Um, but, but those are all the life lessons we want our kids to learn yes. at 15, right? We don't want them to learn at 22 after they've been through college that if you show up for work late every day, you're going to get fired. Mm-hmm. Learn that at 15 where you like go, okay, that's not a big, okay, now I've learned I'm going to get another job. I'm going to do better. These are all life lessons, but all of them and, and the people that supervise them have said, like, I was at the aquarium in Charleston and they have a great program, a high school internship program where a lot of these kids came in very shy, very uh, nervous, and, and 
kind of had a lot of anxiety around people and talking to people. And now they walk up to, you know, patrons that come in and talk to them about sea turtles and any of the um, aquatic life that's there. Right. And they, they have a sense of confidence that they didn't have. And and in this world, of I where do see kids them blossoming. I do yes. see them blossoming. Yeah, and parents need to support their kids um, and make and you sure. Push yeah, them. yeah, and, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and push them. Absolutely, it's okay. It's okay. You can push your kids to do things, and uh, it's really great. Uh, we, you know, we have fun with them. We we joke around, and they have hopes and dreams, and they have you know. Lot, lots of things going on in their brains, but uh, but they do a good job, and and you just have to give them a chance. You just need they need a little bit more training because they need those life skills first, you know, those employee skills, and then uh, and then we move on. But thank you so much, Lieutenant Governor Pamela Evett. I appreciate uh, your call, and I know we're expecting a, a little basket of goodies here for Fostering Hope for the uh, celebration tonight. So we appreciate your generosity for that as well. Well, Amanda's on her way. She told me she's stopping there this morning, so hopefully you'll get to meet her. Okay, and, cool. And really, really happy to do it. I mean, what a great, uh, what a great program. We want to make sure our kids uh, have all the tools they need for success this year because successful kids make successful adults, and that's what we need in South Absolutely. Carolina. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, and I want to talk to you next time about Palmetto Pride. I'm trying to put together a, tra- a, a talk and trash promotion or a talk tra- a trash talk. That's what it was. Trash talk. <laughs> trash talk. Ninety four five promotion. So maybe we can um, kind of pair up when you come into town for Palmetto Pride cleanup or something. I will. I will get that on my calendar. That's something that's very near and dear. To I know. Me. And so you we and need I to will work talk on that it next week and get it on the calendar. Okay. I want to. I want to get something together because I'm going to get bags made up and. And get people uh, motivated to go out. and Because there's a lot of garbage on our beaches this summer. Um, people aren't cleaning up after themselves. So we have to do it, unfortunately. There you go. <laughs> so. Well, there you go. There you go. We'll, we'll, we'll make sure that that happens. Okay. All right. Have a great day and a great Thanks, week. Liz. Have a happy birthday. Thank you. Bye-bye.